Hey, my name's Emma. Hey, my name's Maddie. And you're listening to The Pilot's Pandemic. Hey, y'all. Welcome back to this week's episode of The Pilot's Pandemic Podcast. You're here with your host, Emma, and our beautiful co-host, Maddie. Hi, y'all. And we are back, and we are solo, and we have really, really, really big, hot, fresh news and cannot wait to share that with you but like we always do at the top of the show we're just gonna chit chat about some things that we've been up to i again have not been up to anything literally horse shenanigans working and horsing (laughs) i've just been horsing around y'all but maddie has more interesting details and i kind of want to like pry into your life and really honestly the next couple of weeks when we solo the intros are really about to become about you, Maddie, because oh, you're, God. Getting, you're getting there, baby, with your with your training. So fill us I in. Am. Where are you at? How are you feeling, baby? I'm still working towards my solo. So I don't know, like, if you had this issue, Emma, maybe I feel like we're the same person sometimes. But like with my solo, I'm still like, I, I know I can do it. Like, obviously, I can land the plane now just fine. I do the pattern. I've done it, gosh, hundreds of times at this point. But I still have like the, I want to land it perfectly before I go out and solo on my own. So I think it's just like my high expectations that I have just for myself. Because my husband says that all the time. He's like, you're just so hard on yourself. You know, you could solo at any time. I'm like, yeah, I know. But I kind of want to do like a few more flights of just practicing the pattern and doing it all by myself just to like kind of build up that like confidence I guess so that's kind of where I'm at I have pro- I probably have like 65 hours now on my logbook um but every day I do get like way more confident with my airplane and I am really happy that I can just land on my own I did some night landings two days ago which really made me more confident about my day landings so that's where I'm at um so maybe this week if the weather cooperates like yesterday I was like maybe I'll solo today but there was no way I was going to fly yesterday. I was just telling Emma how the winds were gusting up to 30. And I looked over at Jesse and I was like, this is not conducive to my learning. He's like, oh, we could do it. We could do it. I'm like, you're flying today. I'll just watch. So that's in where be- I'm at. In the beginning, I feel like I- I've kind of felt the same way. Like I definitely asked for more lessons than I needed to between like when I had been signed off for solo and when I actually soloed because I just... I don't know, man, being up there by yourself, it is, it's like, you're the only one who can fix if there's an issue. So run through all the issues, get really used to it because that, like those three takeoff and landings literally feel like an eternity while you're in it. And then it's over like that. But yeah. I don't blame you for wanting to fly. Cause I was the same way. Like if you feel confident, you'll do good. That's my biggest thing is like feeling confident really reflects in your what's that called your performance so Mm -hmm. I don't blame you at all girl keep on flying fly as much as you want until you are ready because again like you are by yourself and it 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 hits hard the second you step in and you're on your own you're like it's better to (laughs) take that breath and be like oh I'm way more prepared than I need to be for this than to sit there and feel like you're underprepared yeah I think um I do obviously have the luxury of of taking my time and it's hard because like, obviously we always compare ourselves to everybody else. And, you know, a lot of people are in these pipeline programs and they're like, oh yeah, I swallowed at like 25 hours. I'm like, Jesus, that's where I should be. But then I'm, I'm thinking about it as like, you know, just enjoy the process. I'm not in a hurry. I can fly with Jesse as much as I want. Like, obviously I want to do it well. And I guess I just have to find like the the joy and the patience of of the process. So yeah, I'm still having fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. I am very comfortable in my own airspace talking to Tower and everything. It's actually like class G that I'm not so comfortable in. So I yeah, still I was impressed. have a long way to go. <laughs> when we went flying together, I was like, holy shit, your radio calls are like top freaking tier. I'm like, even at the end of my instrument rating, I still like would fumble the bag every single time I had to talk to ATC. So 
Dude, you're doing Thank really, you. really good. And I also think it's important to point out that like, because you, you have your own plane, you're able to fly with your husband. Yeah. 65 hours to some people may seem like a lot, but y'all fly a lot just for the joy of it. I feel like even though you're getting instruction, I feel like some of the flying that y'all do is just, you know, joy riding recreational, and you can put that hour in your logbook. Um, so that's another thing to like bear in mind, but I feel like that's also awesome because you're getting to like experience things that a lot of people don't get to experience in that like 20 hour time frame. Um, yeah, definitely way more different, like element, weather elements, different situational stressors with different airports, people in the pattern, different kinds of planes. And also that's another thing you switched from a Cessna to the Piper. So that took a little bit yeah. of time to like keep over. I went, I think yeah. High wing, high wing to low wing. Did you ever have to switch up your planes? The aircraft I did. you were flying? I did so right at the how very end. That? Um, I, you know, I feel like it, it was weird. It was really weird at first. Cause I went from flying. So in the beginning of my training, I was flying a 150, and then I was flying a diamond 20 for the bulk of my PPL. And then at the very end, I switched to a 172 and I would say it took me about it, the landing, the landing was the hardest part. Like I it, flying the plane was not really that much different. Yes. It was it, it completely different. Like the yoke versus the stick things were in a different place. The trim, the trim wasn't the same little things like that. But mm -hmm. what really took me a while was landing. Um, and some of the more complex, like what's that called? You know, like your steep turns, things that you yeah. have to do in your check ride that are more, um, God, man, I'm really, yeah, like, like I'm losing yeah. my words. Um, oh, you're good. But you know what I mean? The things that you do that are more like technical flying, um, that's where it would really come into play. And I'm like, okay, this isn't the same. This airplane moves and behaves and interacts with me much differently than the yeah. plane previous. The, the diamond is also a low wing, right? Yes, yes. I feel like in low wings, the uh, pitch attitude on landing is way more flatter than in a, a 172. Yes. Um, so that also was my issue when I went from the 172 to my Cherokee is that I was like pitching too high, like nose up. So um, now it's like a more flatter pitch, which I actually prefer a low wing. It feels way more easier to land in a Cherokee than a Cessna. See, that's funny because when I switched from the low wing to the high wing, I really liked it. But I think that's because like a lot of my training that I got right in the very beginning was from in a Cessna. And in the beginning of my training, all we did was like landing. And the first guy I ever had, I don't know if I mentioned it on the podcast before, but I've told you before, Maddie, like literally nose down. It feels like you're barreling into the freaking dirt is mm -hmm. what he told me. And that really stuck with me throughout all of my training. And then I love the way that you get, you know, you're going down, you got a decent amount of airspeed. I always, I love a high, I love a high approach. Oh, I I'm do too a now. Lot of air speed. I'm like, get me on a high. I hate yeah. coming in low. No, exactly. That's why I'm like, was it with you that we were flying in that guy? No, he told us that our, our, um, our downwind was like too long or something. Do you remember? Oh, that, that was at Painfield. Yeah. Oh my God. Anyways, we won't <laughs> talk about that, but yeah, no, I like being very high and then having that pitch and then being able to pull back and like bleed off all of that airspeed and power and like just setting it back on those main two, the feeling of that, like is very satisfying for me and just clicked for me in the beginning. So when I went back to the Cessna, I was like, holy shit, this is my element. I actually felt way more confident um, once I had gotten there. I don't know why, but to each their own, like even see, but I haven't like, I've flown a Piper once and the Piper is different than the, um, than the diamond. So even though the low wing aspect, like I might like a low wing, it just might be a difference of playing. Well, you are a Piper girl, so I am a Piper girlie. I feel I like yes, you are the Piper princesses. That's that's too. <laughs> Hopefully soon. That's my goal for like um 2024, 2025. My biggest goal is to get tailwheel rated and then get my dad's cub down here in Charleston and start like just flying for myself and flying for joy. That was like my basically my main goal when I got my private was. I wanted to be able to fly the cub. Cause like, that was one of the first conversations we had after he passed is like, 
are we going to keep this airplane? Nobody here has a pilot's license. Is it reasonable to keep this airplane? And immediately I was like, I'm going, I'm, I will get my pilot's license. Like, do not get rid of the airplane. I will go learn how to fly it because I, I have to have that. Like I have to keep it. It has to be in our family. Um, so I'm excited for that. I'm really whenever excited Whenever I for that. see the the Cubs that I instantly think of you. I remember that picture I sent you the other day. I was in uh, at Harvey Field, which is just like south of uh, Bellingham. And there was a Cub sitting there and I parked right next to us, right next to the Cub. And I was like, this could be Emma and I flying our Pipers around. I know, dude. I, I really, I can't wait. And that, the, the Cub's so fun to fly. It's like really like such a pure form of flying it's boiled down to basically nothing you know you have your airspeed yeah. and and gravity and the four the four main factors it, it feels like when you fly that and it's it's like a little it's like a glider you know like a flying it with my dad we would literally pull the power out all the time and just glide like and you keep so much altitude like you would think you'd start seeing like a good descent happening the minute that you pull out the power like with any other airplane but it's weird you feel like a bird almost you just kind of like float um it's that high wing because like with yep. the low wing you just dump out of the sky if you pull power I didn't even dude I just that brought me back to all my um emergency training in the diamond mm-hmm. I, I didn't even <laughs> I that just made me remember how fast you do like you literally just start going um, yeah, you like you don't have a glide aspect like the ratio between the Cessna and the Cherokee. It's just like there is no glide ratio really with the Cherokee. If you pull the power out, you are dumping down to the ground, which that's why I love coming in high because you just come down so quickly. It's almost like an elevator. Um, yes, dude. Yes, yes, <laughs> an escalator, a fucking escalator or yeah. an elevator. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Never forget. Like I think I posted something on my Instagram. It was so freaking corny. I was like. Like, what kind of approach do y'all prefer? Like, I like the white on white, like, fly all night. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, bitch, we're white on white queens. You know what I was thinking, though, is that if we do have our planes, we're never going to go flying, like, separately. We're going to go together. So I know, I know. (laughs) Well, it'll be so much fun. Like, can you imagine, like, imagine you, me, and no, no, Jesse, no, nobody in a Piper Cub. It's about to get buck wild, baby. (laughs) (laughs) literally though but you're I feel like you and I like we have a knack like and it's one of the things I love about you is like we can snap in and like plug it in and it just starts going and we can get really professional and serious yeah when we have to be when we have to be but we could sit here and talk about this forever in fact we did 45 minutes before we decided to press (laughs) record so we should probably move on but I'm so excited for you Maddie you know I am um and I know all of our listeners are just sticking there like following your Instagram just waiting for it all to happen but I really appreciate you sharing and I know our audience appreciates you sharing because everyone's timeline everyone's time frame everyone's experience is really really different and I think we only tend to see like that fast track on Instagram and on social media. We only see the people that solo in 20 hours, get their private pilot in 45 and pass every single check ride. That's, that's all we see online. Um, Mm -hmm. and it, it really in your mind sets a standard that like, oh my God, if you're not excelling at that rate that I'm not good enough, I'm not good enough. Um, and it's important to remember that like, it doesn't, it, it has nothing to do with your skill. It's all about situation. Like, it really is a situational thing. Um, so I appreciate you sharing that. And hopefully it resonates with some of the people that are listening in our audience. Cause I feel like we frequently get DMS, like student pilots. Like I, I just feel like I'm, I'm stalled out right now. I don't feel like I'm progressing. I'm I've got 35 hours, 40 hours. I haven't soloed. And I'm like, dude, chill like chill as long (laughs) as you don't have a contract with an airline that you have to be at a certain place at a certain time just relax and go at your own pace um for sure enjoy the journey enjoy it and that's another thing is like you're spending so much money it is so Mm -hmm. expensive if god forbid you don't enjoy it um i think that's one thing i kick myself for is like i obviously i did enjoy a lot of my um flying especially like my instrument rating it was so much fun but looking back, I wish I would have like reveled in it a little bit more, um, and slowed down and, and stopped feeling that pressure. Like, even though I knew that I never wanted to be a professional pilot and that I was doing this 
kind of just solely for me and a legacy, I always somehow felt the pressure of like, I have to be done. I have to get this done. I have to do this by this amount of time. If I'm at this amount of hours and I haven't done this yet, I'm a failure. And it's not like that. It just genuinely isn't. Um, You know, I was also thinking like a good point to make is, so I'm part of like the lady aviators group. And then I'm part of like airplanes and coffee Um, and the dynamic, like, just the the way that people talk about their training is so different like the group of women are so like supportive and there's no like well I know better than you or anything like that whereas if you go to the other one it's like very male dominated and they're like well why can't you do this or you know if you have 100 hours and you haven't soloed you should just give up and it's just like the sometimes those spaces can really shape how we view our training should be and so I've really started to like get away from the group that's more like oh you should do this faster and if you're not good enough if this that the other whereas lady aviators shout out to them I really love the group that they have on Facebook they're very like positive and they are very vulnerable like they say like there's a girl on there the other day that was like honestly you guys I've soloed a few times by myself now and I hate soloing by myself I want to fly with other people flying is way more fun when I'm with other people when I was like this is a nice narrative to and a conversation to have because most people will not say that in other groups. Dude, reminds me of what I just, which I was, y'all, when I tell you I was so close to editing that segment out of our last solo about my instrument check ride and me going solo to my instrument check ride. Like, even though I said that and I'm like preaching, like being honest and open with yourself, there was still a part of me that felt like so still like, oh, I should have been able to solo. And I could have, but like, that's such a good point. Who the fuck wants to solo? Like, really, at the end (laughs) of the day, who really decides, like, if you have the option to go fly with a buddy or fly by yourself, you're going to go fly with a friend, even if they're not like in aviation. It just sucks to fly alone. Um, Another big part of that is like, yeah, you have, it's required you get those solo hours um, in your, for your PPL, but like, If you think about your professional journey, especially if you're going to the airlines, like when are you ever really flying alone? Yeah, like never, because you always have a first officer in the cockpit with you. Like you're never going to fly alone. Exactly. Yeah. What you said about like the, the girl groups versus the male groups, I really think it all boils down to like literally the fucking mansplaining. Like I, I, yeah. Uh, every. I'm not saying every male in aviation because obviously I have met like some just some gems. Okay. Like okay. For example, your husband is an actual gem. I love him to death. Never in a million years would Jesse behave or act that way. You know what I mean? Same yeah. with all of my previous flight instructors. I don't feel like anyone, any one of them would ever like approach someone on social media like that. But there is like a good bulk of male aviators that just it's like they live to fucking prove you wrong they live to tell you how wrong you are and how you should not fucking be here regardless of if you're a woman or not like I see it happening like boy on boy interactions of like a young male student saying what they're struggling with and then another male coming into the chat and being like well if you can't do that then you're never gonna make it you might as well quit it's I'm so like, mean spirited when they do this. I'm like, did they even like think there's a person like receiving this message on the other end? Well, it almost makes me think, and we're gonna wrap it up. We'll land the motherfucking plane. Um, it <laughs> we're getting almost... there. We're on base leg right now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and we're gonna turn final. It makes me think that the reason why there is a lot of that in the competitiveness and that narrative within the like male side of aviation is because it is so male saturated that like the comp like you and we've heard people say this to us before but to be a male in aviation right now it's hard to be special you know because there's Mm -hmm. so many of you it's hard to stand out from the crowd when it's just you as a boy and a ton of other boys um and i think where the the aspect of men being mean to female aviators is because there is a lot of what's that called resentment resentment i think for female aviators because i think that male aviators think that female aviators get a hand a a hand up you know what i mean they think that we get extra opportunities and 
get the easy way because we're girls and we're a minority within the industry. And that's just not fucking true. Like, <laughs> it's not true. Sorry, baby. Um, Like, you know, I see people saying, well, I can't get, I can't apply for the amount of scholarships that women can because women are a minority. Okay, sucks to fucking suck. Yeah, put yourself <laughs> in my shoes. Go walk a mile in a pair of fucking heels. Go yes, go seriously. take a flight lesson as a woman with an older man a couple of times. And then you tell me how you feel and then tell me if I'm deserving of that scholarship. Like, yeah. it's just, I don't know. And I'm again, I'm, I want to preface, I don't, I think that is, I think it's a small percent. And the only reason that we see it is because we know that on social media, hate rises above all else. Like hatred is the antithesis of social media. So of course we're going to see the negative. Um, And I want to remind people that like, not everyone is like that. I've met so many amazing men within this community. Um, So it's not all men, but there are a few of them. And I think that's kind of where it stems from is my opinion. They definitely come out of the woodwork online and because they can hide behind a screen. And I understand that. But I guess I just wanted to talk about that just so, you know, anyone who's listening is aware, like that's, you know, our opinion about things. And um, maybe they can be the change for starting a more inclusive, like and vulnerable conversation because these conversations need to be had so other people don't feel like they're the only ones with these feelings. And women obviously are, well, I believe are much better at communicating their feelings and, and being vulnerable online. So, so now we're touching and going and we are talking about what is happening with Alaska. You want to break it down or am I breaking it down? I am breaking it down. I'm first. I didn't, I didn't respond immediately because I was taking a sip of that monster reserve. (laughs) Anyone seen the monster reserve orange dreamsicle? (laughs) Oh man. Okay. Okay. I'll unpack. So last Sunday guys, horizon flight 2059. Um, we kind of know most of the details about what happened um, and some of the details that may never come out um, just because we have lots of resources to tell us the backstory. So I'm going to read the Alaska Airlines excerpt that they sent out to their employees. Don't ask me how I got it because I have special resources, but it says on October 22nd, Alaska Airlines flight 2059 operated by Horizon Air from Everett, Washington, which is Painfield. Um, which is literally just south of me, to San Francisco, California, reported a credible security threat related to an authorized occupant in the flight deck jump seat. No weapons were involved, and the crew was able to secure the cabin without incident. Following appropriate FAA procedures and guidance from ATC, the flight safely diverted to Portland International Airport, and the incident is being investigated by law enforcement authorities. Um, I would read more, but we don't need to read the rest of those details. So when I got that from one of my friends um I was like wow they didn't really release any information they kept it really dry so I didn't even know if it was like a pilot or not when I first heard of this um but the company obviously kept it a little bit dry for for reasons that we figured out later um and so I'll read just like the NBC News report, which is like a tiny little breakdown, but it said the off-duty pilot who was in the jump seat was accused of trying to bring down Alaska Airlines flight. He told investi- investigators that he took psychedelic mushrooms 48 hours, which is a whole two days before the incident, and that he had been depressed and that he believed he was experiencing a mental breakdown, authorities said. So I would like to just point out that the everyone all the headlines are kind of like leading with him taking mushrooms and being on mushrooms and this is why he did this but i went and looked to see how long it takes for mushrooms to like get out of your system and it says like five to eight hours no that's what i'm saying i'm like what the hell did he take some penis envy like he must have literally been off of like but they're reporting it as he microdosed so this is okay and i know we we're gonna move past the whole mushroom aspect but none of that whole thing is really making sense because just like you said it leaves your system in five to six hours eight hours ten hours at most if he was microdosing he should have never been hallucinating and okay Mm -hmm. that's it b like how was he still tripping 48 hours later i don't think he was i think that that's how the news reported it because it's like okay 
if we just say he had a mental health breakdown or people going to actually click on this article, if we lead with him taking shrooms, people are going to be like enraged and say, what the fuck? And actually read our article. And, and that's kind of how the news is, you know, like they want clickbait headlines. That's what they're good at. And the, I'm just like, for real though, like, honestly, any drug is going to be out of your system in like 10 to 12, you're going to metabolize that shit. Like your body metabolizes quickly. Um, even with like, just think like I've taken pharmaceutical drugs for surgeries. I have to take those every eight hours, like oxycodone for my knee surgery and my shoulder surgery. It gets out of your system in eight hours. So it's hard for me to really believe that he was even hallucinating from mushrooms. I really think it was that 40, 40 hours, which is almost two days of no sleep. And we all know how we feel when we haven't slept. Like you are not you. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Oh, do you want to, do you want to read that like next little expert excerpt or you want me to um, go to that CNN detail? Um, yes. I mean, unless you want to talk about like the public comments and all of that, of what Uh, people are saying. I mean, I was genuinely shocked that, okay, at least what I've seen on like, which I'm a TikTok girly, like I'm on TikTok. It's the social media I use the most. Um, And I'm not saying that I get my news from there, but it's a really good place to see like how people are reacting or responding to certain things. And I had seen a couple of videos that covered this and dug through their comment section and was shocked that the majority of people were like, oh, it seems like he had like a mental break. It seems like he just snapped. Like there, obviously there were people in those comments that were like, this guy's a murderer. Like he literally should never, ever be allowed to fly a plane. Like da, 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 da. You're always going to have that group of people. But I was surprised at the amount of people that were actually sympathetic what I think is like kind of cool though is like if we think about who who are the users of TikTok, they're mostly like millennial, Gen Z, and younger, and we all have a pretty positive view towards getting help for your mental health and can kind of see when, what a mental health break looks like. But as you progress over to like Facebook, um, and then Facebook groups and stuff like that, even in the Pilot Wives group that I'm part of, um, it's just like it's very there's negative views and the younger people have more positive views but they're very mixed and the negative ones kind of outweigh the positive um over on those platforms so i think tiktok is so positive just because it's a younger generation on there they're more accepting they're more understanding they see it for what it is whereas the older generation is more like well what the fuck why would you ever take mushrooms in the first place like you shouldn't have been doing that it's like no shit sherlock obviously he shouldn't have been doing that but he did um but also it was two days prior to his flight like that had no uh issue like with him doing the things that he did and people are not even paying attention to him not sleeping for 40 hours and for him saying he's depressed yeah and what the hell other outside factors which i think we're gonna touch on here afterwards but there's like there's a lot of elements like a lot of elements and i think people's i mean even my like jump reaction was like dude what the fuck like why would you try and you know take down a plane that has 80 people on it Mm -hmm. and that's like your immediate reaction when you when you're reading a headline that says like pilot is charged with 82 counts of murder of course people are gonna think that but the more you read and the more you get into it it's like it's really hard not to see what happened and why this happened and it was obviously him just he was not in his sane mind like i don't think he was intentionally trying to in my opinion from what i've read i don't think he was intentionally trying to literally murder those people i think he just i don't think he knew where he was or what was going on i don't even think he was what's that called like um lucid lucid yeah like conscious like um because he said he he specifically said like i am i felt like i was dreaming yeah and he said that by pulling that that they would make by pulling the um the handles that it would make his dream stop um Mm -hmm. which is scary and like i don't know like i as somebody who dreams very vividly like I'm not saying that like I'm doing drugs and all this bullshit, but as somebody who dreams very vividly, like 
I can, I've experienced terror in my dreams of like, and, and a lot of it does have to do with flying. I've told you Maddie before, like every, pretty much every dream I have, like I'm flying, I'm doing something with flying, but a lot of them are like, I have a lot of nightmares. And when you're dreaming like that, if you're a lucid dreamer, then you add in the fact that like, he's tripping off of drugs, all these elements. I'm just like, damn, like I know in for myself, like having terrible nightmares, like how terrifying that feeling is mm-hmm. and waking up in just like a cold sweat and being absolutely panicked. And like, it fucks the rest of your day. So imagine being awake during a night like it almost feels like he's just awake during his own nightmare this Um, is honestly reminding me of our conversation with the flight attendant who had to um get that other first officer captain out of the cockpit remember we had her on the show yes which we should link as well because this is not something that is new to aviation i also want to remind people like this has happened multiple times in kind of like different circumstances i think there was one um, back in 2021 with the American Airlines pilot who got on the PA system, also a jump seater, and was telling his whole life story. It was obviously a mental health breakdown that he was having, but obviously it wasn't reported that way. Um, so it happens often. And I think that that this has really brought it into the spotlight because obviously he did something that could have been catastrophic. Um, yeah. but yeah, we'll link that other episode too, because it's, I think I should listen to that as well. Yeah. It's, um, episode 70, um, Melissa Flores and mm-hmm. the it's, um, flight attendant and student pilot deals with mental health in flight emergency. So yeah, go and listen to that again. Episode 70. It's really not that far back, but, um, yeah, no, when, when all of this went down, it's funny. Cause I almost texted you that but I knew you were already thinking that like our telepathy is so on sync, but that's all I could think was like, dang, this sounds very, very similar to the conversation that we had with her, Yeah, which is terrifying because that could have been what, what happened. Like that could have been the similar situation. You know what I mean? Um, And then if that's happening and like the only reason we found out about that, because obviously it wasn't in any news, it didn't come out like through any of airlines or anything like that. We literally just found out because she told us about that. It makes me think how many times is this happening that we're not aware of? How many people are like losing it and freaking out that we just don't ever hear about it. Um, So yeah. Or just even like the crew not knowing and somehow, because like when you think about it, like I feel like the captain for first officer cued in real quick, like this guy's having a mental health issue, but like they didn't want to probably say that because they know how important it is to have the security of your medical. And so they. Oftentimes we're very into like intuitive about like what we say, because of, we know that what could happen um and so you're right like there probably are tons of instances that have happened that have never been reported on just because you know no one wants to be the one who says anything about someone else and revoke their medical yep yeah and it kind of like I feel bad I'm like going back to my point like about the dreaming I like want to like make it very very clear like I've never had idealation of this situation I'm just trying to relate to like and and have some like human sympathy for like what he may have been going through and like the fear or the terror that he may have ex- been experiencing. Let me just yeah. make that very motherfucking clear. We um, should all just all try to stay up for 40 hours and see how we act. Yeah, for 40 it literally is it and film it ourselves. 48. I mean, he, oh, yeah. That's well, that's huge, you know, because 8 hours is like a good amount of sleep. So like if you miss eight hours, he missed 48. Like what? No, it's literally terrifying. I cannot even imagine. The last time I felt like that was in Ireland. Um, I didn't sleep for like, I think it was like a whole 24 hours the first day I was there. When I tell you I was not okay. I was like to the point of physically sick um, mm-hmm. from being awake for that long. So it, I mean, that's like a real thing. So Anyways, um, here's some more of the details that CNN reported. It says, pilots will sometimes ride in a cockpit jump seat when traveling to their official, when 
when traveling in their official capacity or commuting, commuting between airports. While in the cockpit, Emerson had tried to shut down both of the Embraer's Embraer? Embraer? Embraer. Embraer. <laughs> French word. 175 engines by pulling its fire extinguisher handles, the airline said. It says, quote, the fire suppression system consists of two T handles for each engine. When pulled, a valve in the wing closes and shuts off the fuel to the engine, end quote. Alaska Airlines said on a statement to CNN that after they are pulled, some residual fuel remains in the line. The airline said the quick reaction of the crew to reset both handles. So did he actually pull them? He did. He actually pulled them. <gasps> oh my God. See, now I did not know that. I did yeah. not realize he actually pulled them. It says yeah. the airline said the quick reaction of the crew to reset both handles helped restore the flow of fuel and prevented the engines from cutting out. Quote, our crew responded without hesitation to a difficult and highly unusual situation. And we are incredibly proud and grateful for their skillful actions. The airline said in a statement. Um, wow. That just like literally gave me chills, dude. I didn't realize he had actually like pulled those yeah, handles he, he did pull them but also it is like a good reminder just in case there's some public people listening to our podcast that even if he pulled them like the the Embraer probably has some glide ratio you know like it could glide for a long time so I know at least with the 737 it could glide for like at least 30 minutes yeah so. I mean can you restart see like I would assume that you could restart the engine and they would be able to restart the engine. I feel like if they pull, because they obviously were able to put the T-handles back and restart everything. So they could do that. Um, I just, again, I love like the media and the way that they talk about, about things because they make it seem like way worse, which I don't know. It just seems, and like, I know, like, obviously this is a really bad situation, but I also want us to kind of like be realistic and logical about the situation too. Yeah. Yeah. Oy. Well, the do you do you want to read the next um ABC news yeah. or you want me to? Yeah. Yeah. Go for it. I'll get into it. So um this ABC News reports when I was writing this show now, I was like, there's so much news out here that I could use. So I try to pick the best ones, but I wanted to read this one. So um, it says an attorney for Emerson entered a plea of not guilty related to the attempted murder murder charges because he was um, charged with 83 um, attempted murder charges, which is a lot. But that was all the souls on board. Um, and they said there's a quote that the attorney said joseph emerson is a caring father a loving husband a skilled aviator who is supported and loved by a vast network of friends family and colleagues he would never intentionally hurt another person joe was not under the influence of any intoxicants when he boarded that flight we will pursue a diligent investigation into all the facts and circumstances surrounding the events and request that you respect the family's privacy um Emerson also said he had not slept in about 40 hours, like we had said, indicated his depression may have been boosted by the recent death of a friend, um, which the inside track on that. Alaska also just recently had another pilot die on his lay layover, which was an alleged suicide. Uh, that's the funeral that he was attending. Um, so that is something it's like a full circle thing for to listen to and, and to see, which is something that most people aren't talking about um and then and and the airline isn't talking about either honestly which they should have really you know put that in the forefront um and then it says emerson indicated he was in mental crisis and had not slept in 40 hours and requested medical attention so the way that he acted on the plane it seemed like he knew like he was having like a really rough time and i think he could cue in that he was not right and he did say that i'm not okay um so he knew that, and I'm glad he said the things that he said, but I feel like they're going to use those things that he said to really criminalize him and not pay attention to him actually having a mental health breakdown and the reasons behind why this happened, which is obviously the system that in place has perpetuated these issues, and they are going to keep happening until the FAA changes the air medical system. And that's like literally the most important thing to keep in mind, because I know there are people out there listening, listening that do not want to sympathize with this guy. And I don't blame you. There are people out there that 
truly believe that if if you felt this way, you never should have put yourself in that situation. And I respect that opinion, but I think the overwhelming theme is to remember how this person got here, what kind of system created this person. Um, it, it's it's really more about the bigger picture. And for myself personally, I am sympathizing with this person. I I I know he is probably extremely regretful of his actions, and I don't condone those actions. But I am very sympathetic to his situation. And regardless of if you are or not, again, it's just important to remember this as a whole. How did this person get here? Why did he get here? What are the factors involved that got him to this place? And it all stems to the FAA and their aeromedical system. I mean, that's that's the key theme here. These people are not getting health care. They're doing everything but getting health care. Um, mm-hmm. For example, literally, if you're taking shrooms or microdosing shrooms, most times, if you're microdosing shrooms, you're not microdosing them to trip. You're microdosing them to cure something, either anxiety or depression. Um, so obviously, this guy was struggling, and we know that there were some person. There was a lot of personal things as well going on in his life that attributed to this as well. So it's yeah, super easy to place blame and say that this person is a murderer or he tried to be a murderer. He's a terrible person, but. Well, you got to really think at everything at large. Yeah. And I uh, just want to reiterate, like, you know, he, yes, he's a pilot, but like many people were in my DMs saying like they knew him and he was a great person and they would never expect him to do this, which every time someone says, I would have never expected this person to do this. It's like the cue of like, they're obviously having something going on with their mental health because those are the exact words that we hear when someone commits suicide. Like that's what their loved ones say. Like I would have never seen this coming. And so, I mean, in many ways, like he saved his life by doing this on board a plane. Um, I don't think he really meant to do what, what people are saying he meant to do. Um, Obviously his brain was not in the right place. Um, But he also, you know, didn't kill himself which is another thing that could have happened you know he could have killed himself on a layover like his friend did so it's such a hard thing to see that he's gonna go to prison and gonna be on trial but em and i were having this conversation before the podcast about like him going on trial even may be a good thing for mental health and aviation because most people who have to fight for their medical don't actually get to face a trial and a jury. They don't. They just get an administrative law judge, and there is no jury. It's just the ALJ who makes the decision about your medical. Um, and I know this isn't about the pilot's medical. Obviously, he's never going to get that back. But it will really propel mental health and aviation into the spotlight. And this may be a good thing in that way if we get anything good out of this it's that he was able to kind of show the world that you know pilots can't seek care because they have that healthcare seeking aversion well yeah and that's that seems to be and which is great that a lot of people are talking about mental health for pilots right now like it is really like taking over the the majority of the conversation is is about mental health for pilots and how we're not able to seek it um so I think it like sucks that shit like this has to happen for people to start a conversation. Um, we've said it so many times. It's like, why does the river have to run red for anyone to give a fuck? Why does somebody have to almost kill 82 people for you to give a fuck? You should have mm-hmm. gave a fuck before. Um, so it's that's definitely frustrating for you and I, I think, because it's like, yeah, we've been talking about this for three years now. Um, and your dad and your uncle died five years ago, you know, like you've known about this issue and been fighting for this issue and telling your story. And we've been screaming our heads off and been called combative, combative by the FAA. And it's just like, well, these are the reasons that we're talking about these things and, and welcome to the conversation. If you (laughs) haven't heard about this, but gosh, it is really frustrating that people only pay attention when something bad happens. And if we would have been able to make more change earlier, this pilot would not be sitting in front of a judge and a jury and he wouldn't be on trial because he'd be sitting with a therapist and talking to them instead. Yeah. Yep. Oh, yeah. I'm 
I wish, you know, obviously more details are going to unfold as this like continues to progress and time goes on. And I'm really interested to see where this goes. Um, Like you kind of mentioned before and being very vague, like we have like multiple people ourselves been contacted by certain people um, having interest in the subject of pilot mental health, but we'll have to see you know, how they go about reporting that. I hope that they shine a spotlight on it instead of demonizing it and just saying this is a fucking crazy person because it really could swing two ways. But Mm -hmm. I do think that where we were in 2015 versus where we are now, like German wings versus now as a society and how we view mental health is incredibly different. Um, and because of all the push and the conversations that we have had previous to this, and because of all the tragedies that have unfolded over the past three years, there has been more of a dialogue. Um, so I, I really, really hope that people see that main theme again, like I was saying, think about the situation, think about why or how this person got here, because at the end of the day, this boils down to being the FAA's fault. It's the FAA's standards that they say are so tight and that we are the safest, like most like got our shit together organization ever. Everything is always, always, always perfect and to the T's with the FAA. But when it boils down to it, they're not as perfect as they they say they are. They are not as perfect as they imply they are because if they're such if they're if their system was perfect, then people like this would not be doing things like this, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like, it's funny to me that they are constantly, you know, touting their system. Like we are literally the safest in the world. Like we keep a lock on everything. And then this kind of shit happens and it's like, okay, well. Hmm. Yeah. They, their whole thing is the aviation is the safest it's ever been i'm like fuck you guys like you, things are happening behind the scenes that nobody's hearing about because you're just making them keep quiet yeah. it is i hate when people say this is the safest aviation has ever been because it's honestly probably one of the more unsafe times oh, yeah. um, especially because dude we just saw that at houston hobby they just had a, a collision and those are on the uptick all the time um atc shortage they're fatigued and tired and so it's just like there are so many um kinks in the system right now that um you know you gotta gotta look out i don't think aviation is as safe as people are saying that is especially with the faa saying everything looks good on paper but really behind the scenes there's a lot going on that's unsafe so for sure but we did kind of want to like talk about some big news and and we'll touch on it slightly because i know next week we're going to dedicate a whole episode on it but maddie do you want to um share with our audience what we've been working on recently yes so we started um there he'll be our guest brian baumhoff he started the pilot mental health campaign which is a 501c4 which means we can take donations it's a non-profit but the donations go go towards us advocating um and spreading awareness so that means that we can use these donations to um put them towards senators who will push for change at the congressional level um whereas before emma and i were not collecting any donations for the pilots pandemic but we were actively trying to solicit congress and try to get them to change but as we know with uh, politics it takes money for people to listen so we started the 501c4 emma and i are both board members on the pilot mental health campaign and it is very exciting and things are moving very quickly with the campaign so um yeah i i'm really excited and i have like super high hopes that we will be a very competitive player at the com- at the uh, congressional level uh, for pilot mental health yeah yeah i know i'm stoked because i feel like this is we've been doing this kind of ourselves as like a grassroots we've tried to make it as organized as we possibly could but obviously we just don't have like that political experience or how to go about creating an organization like we knew initially that we couldn't have a 510c3 because 
you're not allowed to lobby Congress. And we knew that that that's the biggest thing is we have to be up in Congress's ears and eyes and, and barking, barking, barking. So we knew we couldn't go that lane. That's why we had kind of remained independent and just collecting people ourselves and, and sending these affidavits to the FAA. But now it's official. And now we actually have the opportunity to get people to listen to us and get people to take us seriously. Um, and again, that money aspect, like I almost don't feel bad asking for the money because it's not going in any of our pockets. It's going back to the aviation community because the only way that we can get these people to listen is to put money in their pocket. Um, and obviously we can't do that on our own. So yeah. Yeah, go and donate to the pilot mental health campaign if you have the money to do so. And if you don't, it, it doesn't matter. Sign up, become a member, become a volunteer, write your story. I know there are people listening out there that either have been on the show before, told their story. If you're one of those, go and write and share your story. Um, if you're listening and you haven't shared your story with us and you want to do so, go there and share your story. You can also remember to sign our the pilot's pandemic petition because that is still active and still going. Um, those signatures do matter. So keep continuing to sign that and write your Congress member today or call them um, and keep on doing it. One of the things that we learned from Brian is frequency is really helps get their attention. So I don't know, choose a day or a week where you call once a day or write once a day or email once a day um, for a week. Do something if you care about this. But mm -hmm. again, just don't say, stay silent. Whatever you do, keep continuing to have conversations even when there isn't huge headlines like this one. Um, that's the key thing. Again, like I said, it shouldn't take the river to run red for anyone to give a fuck or to care. Um, these are issues that are happening now. Um, and we need to pay attention now because if we don't, the things like this are going to continue to happen and God forbid it could be worse. And that's what, that's the theme that really rings through to me here is like, thank God we were able to recover this situation. But what if it were worse? What if we yeah. actually lost 82 people that day? You know, mm -hmm. um, and that would have been a really, really bad look for mental health for pilots. Talk about a terrible, terrible look. Um, it would have been really hard to recover from that. And we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't, we can't have something like that happen. That is why it's so important that we create change and we create change now. Um, so start talking and join and donate to the pilot mental health campaign. Um, anything helps a dollar, $5, um, really anything, but we're going to be talking about this more next week till then, just like go check out the website. It's pmhc.org. Um, and you can kind of like poke around, kind of get the gist of what our mission is, some testimonies. I also wrote a little blog spot post on there, um, just about my experience, everything that you all know that I've been through with my father, but some of my own personal experience, which I feel like I haven't talked about on the podcast. So if you're interested in that, um, go over there and read it. So yeah, that's kind of it. That's all I have to say for this week. Um, do you have any final thoughts before we move on to our fun questions? I don't. I, I actually really liked how you wrapped that up. Oh, thank you, my love. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it goes in the... It's yeah. A. Oh. <laughs> A. Oh. Okay. Fun cues. Fun cues. Because Halloween is this. Well, it's on Tuesday next week, but it's basically this weekend. Um, so we talked a little bit on our last so I think about our Halloween costumes. Did, but did, I know that I thought it was our own private conversation that we talked about it, but did I ask that question already? You did. I remember because I was gonna be a wizard <laughs> or the sleepy time tea bear. I know. And I, well, when I was writing it, I was like, I remember Emma telling me she was going to be sleepy time tea bear, but I thought that was our private conversation. So again, are you going to be sleepy time tea bear? Uh, so I literally haven't gotten a single thing for Halloween or like, like, do, it, okay. Emma, it's the bad. Fact that you haven't gotten a costume is insane to me because like the whole reason I did the Halloween questions was for you. I was like, Emma loves Halloween. I'm poor. <laughs> I'm poor. I'm literally poor. I went into. Do you need me to donate? Like, 
I'm like, why the hell? Y- y'all want $50 for a damn costume? Like, what do I look like? What do I look like? I- <laughs> Kim Kardashian, Kylie Jenner, <laughs> like, I am not paying $40 for a damn costume. So I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm supposed to go to my neighbors this weekend. They, I went last year. I don't know if I ever told that. <laughs> you know, that story, Maddie, that's the one where I yes. locked Zach out and they, yeah. Okay. Yes. I do know <laughs> that story. That is a great story. <laughs> yeah. So last year I went to my, um, my neighbor's Thanksgiving party, which was like a banger, but I, I didn't even make it to downtown. Like I literally passed out. It was nine 30. I was passed out drunk as balls. Um, never made it downtown my goal this year is to make it downtown um but I'm supposed to go over there and I just she texted me she was like are you guys coming I was like yeah I'm gonna try and make it but like I don't even have a costume yet like I have no clue what I'm gonna do I think I just might if I can't find what I need for the sleepy time tea bear costume on Friday I'm I'm probably just gonna be Wednesday Adams oh I like that yeah because I I loved, I know it was really corny and it was for kids, but I really liked the Wednesday, um, the Wednesday show that they did on Netflix and it had Fred Armstein in it. And like, I love him. So I might, yeah, I might be Wednesday and just get Zach to be like, um, what, what was the guy, the guy that she hangs out with that teaches her, uh, that's her dad. No, see, or we could just be Morticia. And what's her yeah. face? And what's his face? Gomez is the yes. husband. Yeah. And that's yeah, sexy, that. hot, cool. You're going to have to wear a red lip. God damn it. No. <laughs> I take it back. All right, Taylor Swift. I take it back. I'm just going to be Wednesday. But yeah, so that's what I'm thinking. Because I literally, my hair is already dark. I just put it into two braids, put on a dark ensemble, look goth as hell. Um yep. Easy, and then easy. on Wednesday, I think I might be country Wednesday because I got black cowgirl boots. So I'm gonna be country Wednesday. Oh, I like country Wednesday. Yeah. Bring out girl. that southern drow. Yeah. Um, so what about you? <laughs> I don't have a costume. I told you that last time. Um, I think Jess is actually gonna be home when she's like never home for Halloween. So I don't know. I'll probably be something slutty. You know how Jesse likes to me to show some skin but (laughs) really giving an insight into jesse um no i have no idea what i'm gonna be honestly but we'll see maybe i'll be a bikini barista yes do it do it coffee girl diddy coffee what is that the um p peace peace no pima medical research pima medical (laughs) be a pima medical student oh my god um okay did we nice talk about question. titty coffee on the podcast when you went i think so okay i feel like we had to have touched on the titty coffee because i feel like i remember like talking about how it would come on my tiktok for you page all the time and then there was that one girl that like had everything showing and we were like whoa and then remember <laughs> the one the one place we got in line and we realized the line was going too slow so we just drove by and looked inside yeah. and that girl was butt ass naked and we were <laughs> all in the car like oh my god we were all like rubbernecking too we're just like <laughs> did i just see what i just saw <laughs> anyways for those listening who didn't hear that episode just so you know if you come to washington you can get coffee at what we call titty coffee stands and you will be surprised by the lack of clothing on these women um but i also have a lot of respect for them because they are like you know, supporting themselves and, you know, taking care of business and they're super nice and very, they make great coffee. And yeah, I mean, who doesn't want to see a, a little TNA when you get your coffee? No, for real. I'm like, it just, it made it so much more fun to like go, go get coffee. Like it was just fun. And the girls are like cute and like they have their little personality. And like, it was my birthday. I was like, girl, it's my birthday. And they were like, oh girl, (laughs) I got you. And yeah, no, I loved it. It was a good freaking experience. And if I did not give a fuck, I'd be doing that. I'd be doing that. Em and I got invited by one of the coffee people. She said, you guys should come work here. And we were like, so flattered by that. (laughs) 
Yeah, literally, I was like, oh, damn, okay, like, I must not be looking that chubby today, like, <laughs> something about the angle from where she's seeing me in this car seat, I look good right now, okay. <laughs> she oh, really did make us feel better, she boosted our, our confidence, for sure. Yeah, okay, you get your choice of making a mini Halloween candy pack, what mini candy slash chocolate bars are you choosing? Okay, we know you're picking an Almond Joy, but you are Almond Joy's number one fan. Almond Joy. What do you, I'm going to make you guess. What do you think I'm picking? Uh, I feel like you like Butterfingers. I do. That was a really good guess. Okay, and I love Butterfingers too. I feel like that's why I remember because I love a fucking Butterfinger. Oh yeah, Um, I do. You're doing a Butterfinger? You're doing you like uh, Chico sticks too. Yes. Yeah. 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 They're like old fashioned candy, old timey candy. They're Butterfinger without the chocolate on it. I didn't know that. Well, that's like what's inside a Butterfinger. I did I not like know Chico that. Chico stick is Butterfinger without chocolate. That's how I think of it. I don't know for Wait. sure if it's like exactly the same, but they taste very like, like similar. I feel like it doesn't have the same consistency though. Yeah, is it like more crunchier? Like the Butterfinger is like a little bit more like um uh like it, the okay the Chica stick is like a little bit harder. It's like okay. a little bit more like um it's just harder. It's a harder candy. But the Butterfinger to me is like really flaky. Yeah, but yeah. I love the inside of a Butterfinger. Like girl, the inside of the Butterfinger is the best part. Like mm. I literally would eat that without the chocolate. Like girl, give it to me. What is that? What is that flavor? I have no idea. I need to look at the ingredients, but I fucking love Butterfingers. Um, that and then Reese's, like anything peanut butter, chocolate. You had me at hello. Yep. <laughs> yep. I love I love the little mini Reese's and Kit Kat. I love a Kit Kat. But honestly, one of my favorite things, and I know it's not like chocolate, but the Jolly Rancher lollipops. Amazing. I've never had one of those. Absolutely amazing. They were my favorite to get when I would trick or treat when I was little. Um, they're I so good. I love it's... Jolly Ranchers in general, so I'm sure I'd love a popsicle. Oh my god, it's pepper. so gas. It is so <laughs> gas. I don't know why. It just it tastes different than the actual Jolly Rancher to me. But Jolly Ranchers are such an underrated candy. I freaking love a Jolly Rancher. You know what I really wish they'd pass out is Mexican candy. Yes, that is what I would be eating. I want some damn paparindo. Yeah. Oh my god, dude. Yes. Oof. Okay. We'll move on to the next one because I know we we both have meetings that we're supposed to be in right now, I think. But <laughs> oops. Um I moved mine. <laughs> I should have moved mine. I feel bad. <laughs> um do you enjoy scary movies during the Halloween season? I, I like do. do. Yeah, I fucking yeah. love a scary movie. I'm not into horror, but I love, like, I'm obsessed with um, Practical Magic, uh, and I love, like, that's such a good movie. Practical Magic and Beetlejuice are my Halloween-like movies, but Beetlejuice is, like, the level of scary that I can handle, okay? It's not. I am not, and it's not. It's like a children's movie. (laughs) But also classic. I'm so glad you like Beetlejuice, because that shit's you know, I didn't ever watch Beetlejuice until last year. I watched Beetlejuice for the first time last year. And I'm like obsessed. I'm like, where has this movie been my entire life? Like, where the fuck have you been, bitch? <laughs> I know. Well, I, I, for some reason, thought it was really scary. That's why I didn't watch it. I was like, this is going to make me depressed. It's going to make me feel <laughs> weird inside. Like, because I can't watch horror movies. Like, horror movies really fuck with my... um. I don't know. They just really fuck with my head. Like I'm yeah. not like it gives me a bad vibe. It. It's it gets you in the rumination brain. Yeah, and it just makes me feel weird. Like I'm like, oh, why would I want to watch like somebody be murdered? Like I just feel sick to me. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, that makes me sound like. Then such you'll a watch freaking crime docs. I know. I listen to Crime <laughs> Junkie like all day long. <laughs> <laughs> But it's more informational. It's not like actually graphically watching someone be like tortured. You know what I mean? True. I think that's, that's like, I forget what was one of the last, one of the last horror movies I watched was, um, the one with the clown. It? It. That movie made me feel terrible inside. 
it literally i left the movie theater i was like bro life sucks like what the fuck <laughs> like <laughs> i left with that such a sour was, um, attitude that like stephen king stuff it's pretty like suspenseful and like eerie and you don't know like when something's gonna pop up at you and i i have grown up watching stephen king movies since i was little because my older brother he's five years older than me he is obsessed with stephen king and so that's all he would ever watch and read like stephen king books he's read every one he probably has three copies of each um and Stephen King is, he always has like very eerie, um, eerie plot lines. Um, you should watch Storm of the Century. That one is insane. Oh, God. Right. That is it for this week's episode. Remember everything that I told you about PMCH. Please go, like, rate, review, five star the show. But more than anything, please go check out the website and please go check out the campaign. Um, please become a volunteer sign up get on our email list be involved um this is a really good way like people are constantly dming us messaging us like how can i get involved what can i do well we finally have like a really good platform that you can go to to do that all that kind of stuff now so check it out and stay tuned for next week's episode because we're really going to dive deep into that so if you're lacking information you'll find it out next week so Okay. Anything else you want to say, Maddie? Nah. Happy Halloween, guys. <laughs> yes. And happy, happy Halloween. Everyone have a spooktacular time and be safe. We'll see y'all next week. Bye, y'all.